0: what's good everyone welcome back into scout team sports i am your host Devalian, and we are back finally with aew all out i'm gonna touch a little bit on the reason why i didn't cover the last two pay-per-views for the last two big shows, but also, and I know there's a lot that's going on since then, I've been keeping up with everything. Um, Some things I was just really irritated with. Uh, I was like, I don't want to be just too over negative, but uh this is about being critical and about my views on the wrestling uh show and how things are going. Um But yeah, a lot of things were just, yeah, a lot of things were like, okay, why are they doing it? Like, my thing was, what is their sense of direction? Like, it seems like they're kind of just you know, going in a whole bunch of different directions, don't really know really what they're doing, even after this time that they've been in business, it seems like they're still trying to just throw a bunch of stuff to the Velcro wall and see what sticks, Uh, because not everything sticks, but, you know, Um, but anyway, we'll touch on that here and there in certain parts that I think is really important. I won't rant about everything. I don't think <laughs> about what was you know the things that were going on wrong in the last two uh, pay per views or big shows. That being Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen. Um, but we're here mostly about AEW All Out, so I'm gonna go over those matches, and uh, yeah, this should be exciting. <laughs> I mean, as far as me talking about it, I mean it's already happened. Then it was a good show. It was a really good show overall. Uh, But let's start breaking things down a little bit. So we started the first match, Best Friends and Jurassic Express versus the Hardy Family Office. I thought they were called the Hardy, just the Hardy Family. Now it's the Hardy Family Office. I don't remember Office before. But anyway, um, you know, this one is the opening match. And uh, I'm really wanting not just, I mean, the baby faces are over uh, in this match already before the match even starts, but I'm really wanting to see certain members of this Harley family office get over, uh, mainly private party. Uh, I'm, I'm really tired of them being kind of like just losing and being kind of, oh, they're, they were good guys, now they're just, you know, some young thugs, some young punks under Matt Hardy, and it doesn't seem like they're being elevated or pushed to be better. Um, but anyway, um, not surprised, but the, uh, Best friends in Jurassic Express get over here and they beat the, they get the win uh through um Jungle Boy hitting the snap trap, and um yeah it was a fun match it was it was funny it was funny and I always love Orange Cassidy anything Orange Cassidy does uh is great even when he gets attacked just because it always sets up something for later uh which is wonderful uh but well, we're gonna move on now to the next match and here's where it's kind of like. You know that you know the past starts to rear its ugly head with me. Uh, we're gonna cover the AEW TNT Championship with the champion Miro versus Eddie Kingston. The thing here is, I'm like, okay, what was going on? Was Miro injured? Uh, did he have to take time off for some specific reason? Uh, he didn't defend his title. He hasn't defend. This is his first title defense since. Uh, I'm trying to think, did he even defend the title once since he beat Darby Allin? Uh I'm trying to think of like who he actually defended it against. Uh, but like the last two pay-per-views, he wasn't even there. If I'm not mistaken. Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen, at least one of them he wasn't there. And I'm like, the TNT title is too young to be just ghosted, to be like not even talked about or nothing. I mean, at least set up, at least at the last two pay-per-views, you set up a number one contenders match for the TNT title. And then when Miro gets back, he's got his challenger. Great. Not to say that I don't like this because I like this rivalry that they could get started. And it really, I think it, this this rivalry between these two should go on past this pay-per-view because it's so young and it's actually good. I mean, Eddie Kingston is the the really good... Badass babyface. Eddie Kingston can be a heel or a babyface. It works either way, especially with his, you know, his New York, uh, you know, New York street personality. He could go either way. He could do either babyface or heel. So it always works. And then Miro, um, I think Miro could go either way too, but he's, especially as a babyface, he needs to be pushed better. But of course, um, he's, I think he's always, yeah, he's always been, um, heel since he's been in AEW. Um, but again, it's like, you know, if he has to have some time off or if he's injured, I would say strip Miro of the title, allow someone else to hold it, even if it's for a month or two months, that's fine. And then you could let Miro win it back at the next pay-per-view that he's actually healthy. So I'm like, and that would have been cool. You could have had Eddie Kingston somehow, you know, competed in a number one contender's match or competed for the title, the vacated title. Um... A month ago, and then he'd hold the title and then he would drop it to Miro, uh, returning Miro. Uh, to me, that would have been better than Miro just holding on to the title for whatever reason, not even being around, let alone defending the title at the last two pay-per-views. And, um, and I call them pay-per-views because they're the big shows, whether or not they were pay-per-views or not. I'm like, I, sometimes I don't pay attention to that because there's, there's always big shows with AEW and sometimes they're on a Wednesday night, you know, when Dynamite normally would be uh, of course, there's you know rampages emerge and you know a lot of things have happened. but I'll get to those things as as I think they're relevant. Uh, but anyway, um, <clears throat> I really like this rivalry. I hope that this one goes on well. The match itself, in my opinion, was good. Um, I love Kingston's uh, brawling, uh, his brawling and uh, his wrestling moves, and it's kind of like brawler versus more defined, refined, refined or defined brawler in Miro, uh, in his moves. Um, so I, you know, I, I like this rivalry. I really do hope that this goes on sometime and, um, that Kingston will get another title shot because he didn't win this one. Um, eventually Miro gets a a low blow in and then the kick to the phase two score the pinfall. Not surprised. He cheated. That's fine. He's a heel. That's what they do. That's what keeps things going. Now, Eddie Kingston has more motivation uh, to challenge him again for the title since he didn't get a fair fight. And I would think that Eddie Kingston is the type that, as a babyface, he's going to get his payback when he has another title shot and he eventually cheats to try to win the title. So that's all good and gravy. So I like that. I like that. I hope that they ride this one out a little bit longer. This is a rivalry that I think didn't get enough steam um uh before this title sh- title match because of when it actually started. Um and I think that was due to Miro finally coming back. If Miro would have been back earlier, then they could have started the rivalry sooner. Um but then, you know you know, it is what it is. Whatever the reason is, I don't I know. I tried to research it but I didn't see anything. Um, but yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a good match, uh, but I'm hoping that the rivalry goes on a little longer, at least to the next pay-per-view and hopefully Eddie Kingston could win the title, even if Miro wins it back later, but that would be a nice trilogy type, uh, three pay-per-view, uh, rivalry, I think, cause I don't really see anybody else to where it's like, oh, they can challenge for the title right now. Who is a baby face? And would be a legitimate threat or a legitimate uh nice um nice uh champion. I I think Eddie Kingston could be a champion. These probably I know a lot of people probably labeling him just because the type of persona he has is like a Roddy Piper. And a lot of people were saying, oh Roddy Piper was so great and he was so charismatic and it was so enigmatic or whatever that he didn't need a title. And, uh, you know, I I hear that stuff from, I think I heard that stuff from the WWE or something like that, uh, where I think it was said that Triple H said that certain people don't need a title to get over, but, and then there's certain people who do need a title. I think that's BS because, um, again, I go back to what I heard and what I already knew to be the truth, and then I heard... um. Bubba Ray Dudley said one time in an interview, he said, "Back in the day, if you got over, you got pushed. Simple as that. Nowadays, it don't matter if you're over or not. If they don't have a plan for you, then you'll just sit there. You might get paid. You might get fired. You might get whatever. You know, whatever. You might get put in, uh, you know, the comedy bits, and that's it. You know. But it, it 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 sucks the way it is now. Um, and uh." you know i i i just hope that AEW doesn't do that to Eddie Kingston he doesn't i don't think he deserves that he's working he does good work uh he's in there doing what he's asked to do whether it's be a, a heel and be on the mic he's good on the mic he's he's good enough in terms of his wrestling style in the ring um so i'm i'm just hoping they don't do that to him because that to me is that whole notion is bs because that's just a way of saying that the so guys you don't have a plan for, you're not going to push them, and you're just saying, oh, they don't need the title because they're this and they're that. Yeah, they're they're making you money, and you're paying them, and so that's really what it is. You don't have a plan for them, so they just need to deal with it. <laughs> that's really what it is. But anyway, yeah, hoping that that rivalry goes on. We move on next to, um, again, this is a match I really didn't care for because... um. Not not that I'm hating on New Japan Pro Wrestling, but here's the thing: John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Uh, it's obvious, okay? Kojima comes from New Japan, um, but here's the thing: the reason why. Okay, I'm just going ahead and put it out there. It's I was really looking forward to seeing the Murder Hawk, Lance Archer. Continue to flourish in AEW. Now, I guess technically he's still signed AEW, but this whole thing about allowing them to be independent and go to independent promotions, cross promotions, and do all this other stuff, I think is getting out of control. Because it's like if you have something built up with a wrestler, and say fans have something built up with a wrestler, and then you put them in another promotion, okay, now it's like they gotta follow them wherever they go. And what if they're not able to watch the matches? um you know what if they can't pay you know they might have to pay a subscription and they can't pay a subscription to watch matches or something you know deterring them from watching a wrestler that they really like and this is the thing with with Lance Archer now with John Moxley when he had the IWGP United States Championship which is a New Japan Pro Wrestling title most of the time he was still in AEW He was still in AEW wrestling because at the same time, uh, for a little while, before he lost it to Kenny Omega, he had both titles. And even after he lost the AEW world title to Kenny Omega, he still had the IWGP United States Championship. And most of the time, he was still in America. Most of the time. Uh, Doing his uh, heel thing against the elite with Eddie Kingston. You know, challenging the young bucks for the the tag titles, and then of course he had to go away for fatherhood. You know, new father, congratulations to him. Uh, but then still, um, with the in America with the U I D I W G P United States title, then he loses it to Lance Archer. Now I get Lance Archer has uh, a background or history in New Japan, so it's no big deal for him to go back to New Japan. But here's the thing. I haven't seen him since he won the title. I've been following AEW. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe he got a Dynamite in and I didn't see it. Maybe he got a Rampage in and I didn't see that one particular match. But I'm pretty sure because I've seen most of Rampage instead of, you know, like turning it on late a few times. Um, but when Moxley had the IWGP United States title, he was mostly on America. In America still. Lance Archer has the IWGP United States title, and he's been gone, which makes me think he's been in New Japan ever since he won the title. So why is it that Moxley gets to stay in AEW most of the time while he has a New Japan pro wrestling title, but Lance Archer doesn't? Lance Archer is in Japan, probably, defending and promoting the IWGP United States title. And I get it because it's their title, but it's like Moxley got to hold it and be over here. While Lance Archer is not over here. I like Lance Archer as a wrestler. I liked his theme. I liked his thing with Jake Roberts um, being his manager and everything. So now I don't don't get to see him. Nobody gets to see him because he's in New Japan. Why? Either you're going to have an American wrestler hold the the United States, uh, the IWGP U.S. title and still predominantly remain in the U.S., or... Moxley should have been over in New Japan and Harley in AEW the entire time that he held that New Japan Pro Wrestling title. It's to me, it's stupid. It's like I I like Lance Archer and now I don't get to see him because he won a title from another promo and he's over there. Kenny Omega on the, on the other hand, he has both titles were previously before he loses it to Christian Cage and. He stays, he's on both promotions at the same time. Yeah, of course, they're both in the U.S., I get it. But still, like, you know, and yeah, I'm not even talking about the actual match because I don't care. I really don't. The John Moxley beats Satoshi Kojima, I don't care. I really don't because it was about the IWGP U.S. title. And if they're trying to promote both brands by bringing them both over here, well, then you know what? Sometimes you need to let one of the New Japan pro wrestlers win because, as far as I can remember, um, John Moxley's faced now three New Japan pro wrestlers here on AEW, and he's won every time. Why? He needs to lose. <laughs> he needs to lose. At the time he actually loses a New Japan pro wrestling title, he uses he loses it to another American. Why not? let him lose it to one of the actual New Japan Pro wrestling wrestlers, superstars, and let them take the title back over there. Go figure. But yeah, that's all the time I'm spending on that. You could say it was a great match, I like I said, I don't care because it's it's the concept of it. And uh yeah. Moving on, we've got the AEW Women's Championship Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defending against Chris Statlander. So nice again to see Chris Statlander back. Um, First of all, somebody from AEW must have been listening to my podcast. (laughs) Because I will say that that women's title looks better. It looks better than what Riho was holding the first time that she won it, the inaugural champion. It looks better. It looks a little bit bigger, and it looks a little more defined, a little more, a little more glittery, a little more uh, sparkly and shiny. It looks better. It looks like an actual women's title now. So they must have been listening to my podcast, whoever that was out there. Don't forget about me, okay? Um, no, I can, I can. Hey, hit me up. <laughs> This could be your official podcast. You need this in your life, AEW. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think the title looks a little bit better. Now, if we get on to the actual uh, match, uh, I enjoyed the match. The only thing I don't get is, um, I mean, I I would think that this, again, this uh, rivalry has started a little bit earlier. Um, that started a little bit earlier, needs to continue to go on. Because for one, to me, Chris Statlander is the best uh, women wrestler babyface that you have. So you can't just one match and she's done, and then it's on to the next person. Who's going to be the next person? Uh, I mean, honestly, I know who's coming eventually when I start talking about him. But this is to me this needs to go on a little longer this needs to go on a little longer you need to let I eventually I think Chris Statlander win the title uh even if it's like a three pay-per-view you know long standing rivalry or you let Chris Statlander win it at the next one next month and then Britt Baker win it back however you want to do that that's fine um but you can't just you know let the let the um your best women's babyface drown in losses, especially after returning from her injury. you got to put her over somehow. And just her being over by herself just because she's the babyface, and she does these outstanding moves, that's not good enough. I do believe that titles matter to a certain extent. It's not just, oh, they, they don't need it, and you can just have the heel. and no, that Look, the heels are going to win more than 50% of the time, because that's the way it has to be. I get that part. You have to have the heels winning more than the babyfaces, because if you don't, then the babyfaces have nothing to ch- to chase after and overcome, because the bad guys are always losing. Um, so you have to have bad guys win more often than you have the good guys and the good girls win. I get that part. But if you really don't, you know, in a uh, women's division that still needs a lot of work, still needs a lot of help. This is the best thing you have going right now. And so you can't just bury your baby face. You have to show your baby face as strong. You have to show your baby face as um, formidable, you know, that can actually be a champion. I don't care how green she is. She's the best thing you got going right now. Um, as far as a baby face and Britt Baker's the best thing you got going as far as a heel, uh, cha- uh, women's champion or women heel women's wrestler, period. Um, so I would hope that this, um, this rivalry will continue to go on since Britt Baker did win the, t- uh, retain the title. Um, you know, um, Statlander tried to lock in a spider craft submission, but, uh, Baker landed a series of kicks. To her face to break the hold. Uh, Baker hits the Pittsburgh. uh, I'm not even going to get there. I'm not, no. I'm not giving it to her. No. She hits a a move and a stomp. I'm just, I'm not going to go there. Not, no. 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 She hit a move and a stomp. You figured out what you want to call it and stuff. I'm not calling it that. Uh, (laughs) Resulted in near falls. Statlander had nothing left after the kickout and Baker locked in uh, the lockjaw. jaw. But um, I would have wanted to see maybe, um, you know, you know, Bird Baker had to uh, cheat in order to uh, barely hang on to the title. I think that would have been better. If at the very end, she had to hang on, barely hang on to win the title. No, it was just after the move and after the stomp, and then, you know, Statlander is drained, and then she gets in, she locks in the lockjaw, and that's it. Uh, But, yeah, I would have wanted to see Britt Baker barely hang on to the title by way of cheating. That would have been better to set up something to keep going, that fuels Statlander to keep going. Not she just got soundly beaten, that's it. Um, yeah, because I'm like, seriously, what else does the women's division have right now? I, I, I really don't see. I know what's, what I'm going to talk about eventually, um, but I still think this is the best thing going on in the women's division right now. They don't have much else, so you can't just let it end right here. And I don't think it's good enough to allow the heel to win relatively clean even if there was some cheating and some underhandedness earlier on in the match. At the end of the match, the heel's got to win by cheating. That's that's, what makes it good. That's what makes it extend further because now Babyface didn't get a fair fight and they're going to still continue to go after the title instead of just getting soundly beat. And why should they get another title shot? What's the motive now? Anyway, that is that. We're going to stop right here and take a break. You've been listening to Scout Team Sports. Got to hear a word from our sponsor. I appreciate all my subscribers. Uh, Please continue to share this podcast and subscribe and listen. I appreciate anybody and everybody who supports me. You don't have to, but I appreciate your kindness and courtesy and your grace as well. Scout Team Sports, be back in a minute. Scout Team Sports, and we're back in it for AEW All Out in what was probably my favorite match. That's what we're going to cover next. Now, I will say this in terms of just, this is my favorite match just because of, in terms of who was involved, their actual characters, um, their actual build up for uh, this match because of their history and who won. In uh, the actual, the action, the match itself. AEW Tag Team Championship. The Young Bucks defending against the Lucha Brothers. I mean, there's there's just too much to, to cover in this match. Uh, I'd be all day on this match. but All this series of moves. I love the Destroyer. That's my favorite move. Um, I guess it's just a thing where, I don't know, where did it come from to where it was like, I mean not where did it come from, but what happened to where it was like they just, I guess they just want to start calling it Destroyer, um, because I remember it used to be called the Canadian Destroyer, so I'm guessing that's where it started, I don't know, uh, but I always remember growing up hearing Canadian Destroyer, Canadian Destroyer, and for the longest time they didn't want to use it, now they're using it again, because I guess they can do it safer now, um, that's my favorite move, that's <laughs> just the way it's done, and who could do it well, uh, Some try to do it and they do all right, Eh, eh, but nobody does it better than these guys in particular, Penta and Ray Phoenix. I love those two guys, man. Those two guys, I just, I man, the Young Bucks too, just because of you know their history and how they're able to do it and the matches, the grueling matches that they've been a part of. Um, But excuse me. But in the end, uh, finally, um, which what should have been happened a long time ago, but finally, finally in AEW, the Lucha Brothers are tag team champions the way it should have been because I was going to be heated if it was back when uh, Penta wasn't competing and it was uh, Pac and uh, Ray Phoenix Challenger for the tag title. I was like, no, as much as I love y'all, y'all can't win it. Because the two that need to win the tag team titles are the two brothers, Penta and Ray Phoenix. That's who needs to win the match, uh, not uh, Ray Phoenix and Pac. Pac's a single competitor; can let him compete for the title. I don't know why it's so much to where he's there and then he's not there. Is he competing in some other independent promo that I don't know about? And I, you know, because I'm not, I'm not following him. Because I figured as long as he was in AEW, then I had plenty of time to watch him. And now he's like, he's there and he's not. He's there and he's not. But anyway, Lucha Brothers get the win. Like I said, all the moves in this match is too much to go over. But I I just love these two. They have such great chemistry together going up against each other. They know each other so well. They can protect each other even with all the wild moves that they do. Um, That's one thing I'm also keyed on on too is... uh, two, you know, tag teams or whether it's one-on-one competitors that really know each other that well to where they can put on a great match and they can protect each other. Um, You know, even some people might be tired of this rivalry, but as great as they do things when they're in the ring together, I don't see myself getting sick of this at all. Uh, I understand that there's got to be other competitors, other tag teams that need to challenge. Uh, Plenty of heel tag teams probably now will have a shot at the Lucha Brothers where those heel tag teams wouldn't have a shot at the heel uh, tag champions, uh, formerly the Young Bucks. Um, But now all the heel tag teams get a shot as opposed to just getting Jurassic Express, uh, you know, getting the tag team title shot and, and getting, you know, they really, I know they weren't going to let them win the titles. They barely ever put them over. They give them a lot of air time. They give them a lot of TV time, but they don't win (laughs) aside from a match that really doesn't mean anything like the one that was earlier. Um, but yeah, uh, now you know all the heel tag teams are going to be after the Lucha Brothers, which is great, um, and they'll do a great job of carrying those matches. I know they will. Eventually, they probably got to meet the Young Bucks again. Um, but yeah, uh, at the end, uh, it was a you know a, a kind of a package. I mean, it was a package pile driver after a destroyer, and then um, and then uh, Ray face gets a destroyer. No, Penta gets the destroyer and then uh, ray uh Ray Phoenix comes in after uh, Nick Jackson breaks up the count for a pin, and then um the Lucha brothers together hit like a tag team um they're i think they're tagged i don't I forgot what you call it though it's a tag team pile driver or something like that um and they win the titles um so it's just yeah it was a great <laughs> it was a great match, a lot going on there, and just so happy to see them as tag champions. Um, they are one of my most favorite, and to me, one of the best, if not the best tag team in wrestling history. I said it, deal with it, challenge me, don't care, one of the best, if not the best tag team in wrestling history, period. Those guys, been everywhere except WWE, just cause they ain't been in WWE doesn't mean that they're not great, you know? I'd I'd take I'd take the Lucha Brothers hands down over any tag team right now any over any tag team past or present that's just me but yeah so glad glad that they actually won the titles there moving on Casino Battle Royal now this is uh our first of our uh free agents brand new free agents coming to AEW um great for the free agent. Right, which I will get into a minute, but for AEW, is something that I want to talk about. They're getting a little too predictable in this matter. That when they bring out a free agent in a battle royal, you already know for the most part that that free agent is going to win the match, and so they're starting to give away who's going to win the match because. It's all the, you know, it's a bunch of wrestlers that you already know that are to AEW. But then the final entrant is a free agent from another wrestling promotion. And they end up winning the match. And I get it's a nice debut thing, but it's getting too predictable for the match itself. It's like, it's great that that free agent is here. But every time you put that free agent in their debut in a battle royal match, We already know they're going to win the match. The match is over before it even starts. There's no excitement to it. There's no thrill to it. Uh, There's no suspense to it because we already know the new free agent is going to win the match. So I think they need to stop doing it. I think the only one that didn't win it, I think, was Matt Sidell. Or did he win his Battle Royal when he debuted? He debuted in the Battle Royal, too. And I want to say, was that the one that he did? He win that one or uh, was that the one that Lance Archer won to get a TNT title shot? But I'm, I don't think, I think maybe Matt I was the only one who didn't win his uh, debut Battle Royal and match. Um, but every other one, I think, yeah, every other one, the, the free agent who came over has, you know, has won the Battle Royal. And I'm like, y'all getting too predictable with that. Nevertheless, this one I'm happy with because of who it was. And that is Ruby Soho. Formerly Ruby Riot from WWE, she had a raw deal. She had a really bad deal in WWE. I had never, before her and the Riot Squad, I had never seen a heel faction lose as much as they did. Whether it was Ruby, or whether it was the other two, uh, it was um. Sarah Logan, and then I always call her Babs because she reminds me Babs Bunny because she's so goofy like that. Um, I can't remember her name for the life of me. Uh, but, oh my goodness, it's been so long. It's been so long since I actually like seen her in action, like legitimately. Um, oh, I can't remember the name, but y'all know who I am talking about. They lost all the time. Ruby Riot herself lost. Raw women's title match, she lost a SmackDown women's title match. She never got over it. And it was like, I like them as a heel faction. Why would you make a heel, like, like I said earlier, you got to let the heels win more often than the babyfaces to create suspense. Because if the babyfaces win all the time, then there's no suspense. There's no, you know, oh, I got to get back at that heel for cheating and beating me and all that kind of stuff why did they even have them as heels then? Why did they have them lose so much before they broke the faction up? And like, I, I didn't get that. So, um, I was like, yeah, she got a really bad deal in WWE. So I'm glad to see her get a new fresh start um, here in AEW. Formerly Ruby Riot, now Ruby Soho. Um, and, uh, I was... Very happy to see her here, and uh, hopefully that it, you know, it comes down to, uh, I want to see her mix it up. I don't want her to just shoot straight to the top, but I want to see her get in the mix here. Uh, the final four was Thunder Rosa, Tecante Soho, and Nyla Rose. Um, the only other one that I would want to see actually emerge and do something well is Thunder Rosa. I really think she can be a good uh, women's champion. Uh, The NWA stuff was was a joke. I don't even know why that's still actually on AEW. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, either her, I would say that I guess now that Ruby's here, uh, I would say it would be either Thunder, if they don't go with uh, continuing the rivalry between Statlander and Britt Baker, then the next babyface challenger needs to be Thunder Rosa or um, Nyla Rose. I'm not Nyla Rose, Goodness, goodness, no. Um, it needs to be Thunder Rosa or Ruby Soho and, um, you know, the, the Ruby Soho wins the match. Um, but now it's like, it's like past, uh, battle Royal matches, like you get an automatic title shot, but now I don't remember it being indicated that the winner of this one would actually get a title shot. Maybe I missed that in, 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 uh, in, uh, in, uh, through the announcers or something like that. Um. But um yeah, I didn't get that notion that, you know, okay, because it's a battle royal and it's a casino battle royal, are we going to get a uh you know, the winner is gonna get a title shot. Um I don't know if that's actually gonna happen. Um but I mean, I hope so. And, and I mean it has to mean something. It's just, you know, you win a battle royal and it's just, Hey, I want a battle royal for what? You know, don't 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 have a battle royal match for nothing. Um, so, but I'm glad. Like I said, either Ruby Soho, even if Thunder Rosa would have won, I still would have been cool with that because Ruby Soho got, got her pop. She's in AEW now, fresh start. I'm hoping and I'm believing and trusting that she'll be treated a lot better than she was in, a, in WWE. And um, yeah, that's that. We're moving on. MJF versus Chris Jericho. I'm 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 kind of done with this one. I I, is you know the whole you know the labors, and everything that was fun that was exciting, but then at the fifth labor was actually Jericho, and MJF going at it, and it's like okay well that was it right there why do we have to have why do we need another match, just so that Jericho can get back over and win Jericho's already over he doesn't need to win the last match it doesn't matter it does not for anything, yeah it's been a great rivalry as long as it's been going on, uh between um, the inner circle and the pinnacle, that's fine, that's great, but having this match again after the fifth labor of all the labors was actual MJF versus Jericho, why do we need this one? Um, why do we need an extra match? So, you know, just to cut straight to the chase, you know, decent match, okay, uh, but Chris Jericho wins via submission, uh, I really, you know, like I said, my, 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 my investment into the rivalry ended with the last labor which was actual Jericho versus MJF if the the fifth labor was Jericho versus somebody else and then he finally gets his mittens on MJF at this pay-per-view that's different but why have him as the fifth labor face MJF lose to MJF and then after that there's another match for what? just to get uh, let Jer- Chris Jericho, who doesn't need to get over, get over. Um, yeah, I, d- I didn't understand the point of another match between these two. But let's get to what you've all been waiting for, possibly, which is CM Punk versus Darby Allin. Short build-up to this match, but, uh, you know, these two really didn't need that much of a build-up. The only thing I didn't think was a big, you know, was like just didn't sit well with me is why put Darby Allin in this match? I figured there maybe have been a couple other guys where we could have seen CM Punk come, you know, facing his first match and get his first win. Because he's just too over already coming in to lose. Um at the very what I really thought was gonna happen was uh what happened at the last um last time these two saw each other on Dynamite and on Rampage which was uh one of them's fighting, and then the other one comes to make the save because 2.0 is getting their, their heel on and getting, being a gang and ganging up on one of them and beating them up. So I figured that this match was going to be an exciting match, which it was, Um, but then eventually uh, the match will end in a, uh, you know, uh, the match will be thrown out because 2.0 is going to come out and attack both of them. And then maybe it's a three on three where it's Sting and, and Darby Allen and um CM Punk going up against two point And I figured that was gonna be the next match or something like that, you know, just to string it out a little bit longer. Um not that CM Punk is a tag competitor, I get that part, but you know. Um, I didn't think that they were gonna let one of their most precious beloved baby faces take a take a fall. Um and yes, it was an exciting match. Um And I appreciated, like, both of them, you know, putting what they put into it. Uh, But eventually, Sam Punk uh, gets the win. (laughs) Excuse me. Punk hits a second GTS to score the pins. Of course, he had to hit a first one, but that wasn't enough. Gets the second GTS for the pin. Um, Yeah, I I just think that, um, you know, the action was good. But I just think that... um, I, didn't, I really didn't see or agree with uh, Darby Allen taking a fall here. I figured it would have been, you know, mid-card heel, you know, who's good on the mic, good promo-ish. And, you know, that would be CM Punk's first victim who would fall to him. Uh, someone who would put on a good show with him. And I guess maybe they couldn't figure anybody else out other than let's just do Darby Allen And Darby Allen just had to take a fall this time. Um, but, yeah, I'm surprised they let Darby Allen take a fall. Um, uh, I know that they put on a good match, but yeah, I'm just surprised about that. But nevertheless, uh, with all that's going on and all the stuff that I wasn't, you know, really agreeing with that AEW was doing in the past couple of months, uh, Miro being gone, not defending the TNT title, um, uh, Omega not defending the AEW world title with the last few pay-per-views aside from, uh, against Hangman and a page, which was, I, I, I didn't care about seeing. I know Hangman wasn't going to win the title. And it was like, it was yesterday's news. It was them, you know, former tag champions. And then they met in the finals of who would get a title shot to, who would get an AEW world title shot. Of course, Omega won that. So seeing Hangman and Page lose again was like, why? What's the point? So I'm not even going to really count that. On top of that... He's been spending so much time in Impact lately, it was like at the last pay-per-view, he couldn't defend the title because he was actually in a, I mean, he was actually in uh, uh Impact defending the Impact title. So it was like, come on, guys. I get this whole interpromotional thing, but it's like, look, if y'all gonna have pay-per-views around the same time or big shows around the same time, look, Omega's just going to have to do double time then. You ain't going to just... Uh, you know, have him walk out and start some arguments or whatever and some nonsense uh, with Don Callis and whatnot, and him not defend the title because he's got to defend the other title uh, in the other promotion the same week. I'm like, no, he just going to have to do double time, man. So, I mean, other if not, then don't do stuff like that. But then, um, uh, you know, first of all, next match Paul White versus QT Marshall. I get it. Paul White defeats QT Marshall. I really don't care. Uh, you know, I figured I was cool with Paul White just being on the announce table and the announce thing. That was good enough for me. He's done his stuff. He's retired. And physically, I don't think he should be in the ring because even big men are not, you know, have a certain clock on their bodies when it's like they've taken so much punishment over the years and stuff like that. I like Big shows of a personality. I don't want to see him wrestle because I don't want him to get hurt. <laughs> I know that probably sounds weak as I don't know what, but like. I don't think he should be in. The, I don't think he should be in a ring. I really don't. Um, so you know, I'm not even going to cover that. I'm glad he won. I really don't care. Q T Marshall is a budding heel. So in actuality, I would have thought that they would have needed to put Q T Marshall over, um, given his his history. Um, but speaking of the stuff with Omega, we get to the AEW World Championship match, and uh, this was built up again. Like I said. Um, Omega not defending the title the last couple pay per views uh, because he had to do f- stuff with Impact and defend the title the Impact World Title and then on the first night of Rampage he loses the Impact World Title uh, to Christian Cage which I get it's like so now Christian Cage should be even though he hasn't yet since he's won the title be more involved on Impact to help carry them since they're kind of like a failing promotion. And the whole point of Omega coming over there was to help build them up. Now you let Omega drop the title to a guy who's already been, back in the day when it was just TNA, world champion there to help the promotion, help TNA slash impact in their time of need. Um, So now he has the titles and he should be on there more often than he should be on AEW. Since he's won the world title, since he has a world title now. I wasn't surprised. I figured <clears throat> that Kenny Omega was going to be greedy and ask for the title, a title shot again and be like, this match is for both titles, you know, instead of just Omega defending his AEW world title. But seeing how it wasn't, that wasn't the case, <clears throat> I knew that um, Omega was going to retain so, that's not surprising because of the promotion that they have going here. They like Omega. Omega's one of the actual bosses, so he gets the creative control over what he does. And so, I'm not surprised he dropped the Impact world title. It was just to hold it till Christian Cage got there, and then, bam, let Christian Cage go over to Impact, help Impact lead them as a veteran to, you know kind of helped her motion, get back up off their feet, um, get back on their feet, rather, um, and, um, Omega would continue to be, uh, the, um, AEW world champion. A lot of stuff in there, always like the V-Triggers, um, of course, they had to get it more over the top of what they did last time with Christian Cage, um, beating, um, Omega for the Impact World title by doing a kill switch onto a chair. So they had to go above and beyond. So in this one, uh, Christian Cage is going at the end. He's going for a kill switch off the top rope um, instead of uh, doing that. Um, Excuse me. I don't know what's up with the voice today. But um, while Don Callis was trying to distract the referee, of course, um, then uh, Omega countered Uh, the kill switch that that they were trying to get off the top rope into an avalanche one-winged angel, and uh, that's how he scored the win. Looked a little scary there. Looked a little scary there. I'm always, you know, I always know that, you know, while they're on the, you know, and they're on the ground, you know, the way, excuse me, the way that they used to do it, the way that he used to do the one-winged angel, he would pull their head right under and try to have them land on the back of their neck or the bridge of the back of their shoulders. Um, and that was getting dangerous. So now if you notice when he would do the one-winged angel, he would pull their head to the side. And it was much easier. That's why he, when he would pin them, they would be sideways instead of right under him. Um, did arm like right under him, like in front of him. Um, so I noticed that. Um, so they're trying to do the one-winged angel in a safer manner. This one still looked scary to where it was like. Oh kind of dangerous for Christian Cage, but um they get it done apparently as, long, as far as I know Christian Cage is alright, but not surprised that um Omega retains uh the title. Now here's where we get to the next bits of um the next bits of the reveals and new two free agents. So first, we have uh, Omega celebrating, uh, retaining the title, and him and the Elite attack Christian Cage after the match, of course, and then Jurassic Express, co, who are uh, Christian Cage's new buddies, they come to his aid. Uh, the Elite fights them off, and as he's fighting them off, Omega says there's no one who can beat him for the belt, Then the lights come out. Boom, Adam Cole. Now, I've been saying for a while, I always figured why, what was going on with um, the Undisputed Era. Because the Undisputed Era really would have been great on the main roster. The Undisputed Era in WWE really would have been great on WWE, on SmackDown or Raw. And they never went there. Instead, they just disbanded them. And they just all stayed stagnant, in my opinion, on, a, on um, NXT. And I was like, what's the point? What is the point? So, obviously, this was part of the point was somebody's contract was up. They were like, I want to go elsewhere. Bang, bang. You got Adam Cole on AEW. Now, he comes out, makes his debut, gets in Kenny Omega's face. I knew what the setup was right then and there as soon as he got up in Kenny Omega's face. I don't know a time, um, even when he was in the independent promotions where Adam Cole was a babyface. So I already knew as soon as he got up in Kenny Omega's face that that was just a setup for him to eventually turn around, give a super kick to Jungle Boy, and he celebrates with the Elite. Not surprised there. What should have happened, though, is that let him back off of Kenny Omega, keep some suspense there, have them acting like, what's uh, what's going on with this guy? What's his deal and all that stuff? The Elite thinking about that, you know? And then maybe some time later at the next pay-per-view or at another Dynamite or Rampage, um, you know, when when there's a, an important match or something like that, he'll come out and then he'll reveal his true colors. That would have been better. Just super kicking Jungle Boy was no, like, Why? So is that, that's going to be his first competitor when his first official match is going to be his, a rivalry against Jungle Boy. Because they can both do super kicks. Really? <laughs> I don't care about that. Adam Cole's too big a name to be going after, I mean, to be dealing with Jungle Boy. Um, Anyway, I, you know, I guess that was just the setup for the last reveal, which was Daniel Bryan, formerly in WWE. Now Bryan Danielson, just flip his name around. Um, I was surprised he didn't just call him Brian Daniels. <laughs> His name play is so, come on, y'all. It's like, y'all, y'all, so lacking in creativity. Come on. It, whatever. So, Omega was like, Cole would be on their side since he's one of their best friends. Okay, I, I figured that. And Omega said he'd send the crown home happy. But then Brian Danielson's music hit, and he made his debut. He comes to ring, helps out Jurassic Express, and chases off the elite. Dan Brian Danielson, with his scrawny little shriveled up old dude, old behind, he's the one that chases off the elite. Really, <sighs> come on, dude. I, I this is the one I did not want to see. I didn't want him coming to AEW. I, I really didn't. I just, <sighs> to me, he was he was. He shouldn't have been in that mat in the WrestleMania match with Edge and Roman Reigns. He messed that up. It should have just been one on one Edge and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, not later on pay per view, Edge and Roman Reigns. It should have been just them two at WrestleMania, Daniel Brand not involved. Now he gets in the AW and I'm like, oh goodness, now they're gonna have to give him what he wants. I'm like, Ugh Anyway. Happy about Ruby Soho, happy about Adam Cole, not happy about Brian Danielson. That's me. But you may have something different. But and that's wonderful. We all have different opinions. That's wonderful. Uh, but this has been my review of AEW's all out. Really great to see. I mean, um CM Punk regardless is a home run, regardless of, you know, Darby Allen taking a fall, which I think shouldn't have taken a fall at this time as a baby face but CM Punk is a home run no matter how you slice it. Um I really would like to see CM Punk versus Adam Cole. I think that would be great. Hopefully that happens eventually. Um But yeah, um yeah, I I'm, I really would have wanted like I said I would have wanted there to be a little suspense before Adam Cole just sides with um uh, the elite. Maybe he Maybe you know, he might be their friends, but maybe he was bitter about something that happened in the past and maybe they didn't treat him like a friend or something like that, you know. They can do they could do stuff like that. Um, and then it may keep some suspense and maybe there's this tension about what happened in the past and then they're oh, they're side together when uh, you know, Adam Cole comes to their aid and helps and cheats to help them win a match or something like that. That'd have been better than just him staring him down, and then super kicking Jungle Boy. To me, it was like, why? Like, Come on, y'all can do better than that. But anyway, good show, a great show, I would say, overall. A lot of action, a lot of stuff to look forward to in the future in terms of storylines and drama. Um, so I'm hoping that they continue to go up from this, this point and just have a focus in terms of what they want to do as opposed to all this interpromotional stuff. I'm hoping that... Christian Cage just stays on impact. Don't be jumping back and forth to uh to to AEW. I mean, you know, if 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 the Jurassic Express needs a friend now, they have Brian Danielson. They don't need Christian Cage anymore. <laughs> so, Christian Cage go over to uh Impact and I wanna see him on AEW and then just leave the rest of these guys to their, to their devices, I don't want to, in as much as I want to see Lance Archer, I don't want to see him going back and forth, you know, he's been gone, I ain't seen him since he won the IWGP US title, and just let him stay over there, um, but all this inter-promotional stuff, it's like, you, you gotta, you can't just let everything fly, anything goes, whatever, you No, know, you gotta have some type of direction, else it's like, okay, I'm gonna cheer for this guy, uh, oh, he's not here anymore, uh, he's been gone for a month, and it? What if I can't watch New Japan Pro Wrestling? You know? So what if I what if I missed and what if I gotta work and I missed the episodes of Impact? You know, it, I didn't I didn't I didn't I don't wanna see those promotions. There's a reason why I'm watching AEW because I wanna see AEW. But maybe that's just me. But anyway, this has been the review of AEW's All Out 2021. I am your host, Evalian. Appreciate you listening to Scout Team Sports NFL right around the corner. Um, We will have our State of the League address uh, in a few days, actually. Actually, just actually two days from now. (laughs) Uh, Two days from now, we're going to have the State of the League address plus your Thursday night football predictions. Again, this is Scout Team Sports. I appreciate all my subscribers for rocking with me still. Uh, We'll see you in the next episode. I'm sorry, no matter, I'm sorry,